Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Well, you know what? When it all fell apart. What does fall apart mean? uh, Meaning that people quit, people left, the income dropped, the, the business just imploded. Um, and so I was left and my parents and they had put all their eggs in that basket as well. So we lost everything. One of the things that was not wise is that my parents being like, i talked about with my dad, my mother was kind of the saver, like the little bit of the planner, but she had kind of gotten wrapped up. It's like, we'll always, there'll be always more money when we get to this level, then we'll start investing in real estate. Then we'll do this. Then we'll do that. I was handling the finances and I'm like, you know, we should, cause I'm a saver and I'm prudent with my money. Right. So I'm like, no, we should probably, no, nah, it's fine. We'll just do this and we'll keep reinvesting it in and we'll on an whatever business and then product-based distribution. What's your margins? Like, what are you taking home? Sorry, say that again. You, you in an eight figure, yeah. like if you're doing 10 million plus a year, right. Mm-hmm. Top line, like revenue, yeah. what are your profit margins? Like, what are you taking home? Because that's product-based. Yes, it is. Although it was also based on there's percentages. So it's a complex structure in terms of compensation. So you yeah. make money on your percentage of your business. Mm-hmm. And then you have, um, then you have your teams. And so at that point, at that level, a lot of them are ordering directly, but you're getting kickbacks, right? You're getting the Understood. commissions, the overrides. I'm and just all curious of that what the stuff. profit margin So is. probably we had like, it's probably about um, a third of that was actually running through our bank accounts. Okay. And then how much do you get to keep? And then from that, we probably kept um, like really like the net, net, net mm-hmm. um, would be, you know, probably I would say 20 to 30% of that. Got Somewhere it. in that range. And yeah. I want to I want to pick on yeah. that for a second because this is one of my pet peeves in the in the business world today. The same way people think, well, MLM, you don't do anything, you just you know get people to work for you and blah blah blah. And you know, my biggest pet peeve right now because this is the feedback I get daily is like the whole like passive income, laptop lifestyle, online program fallacy, Disney princess happily ever after story <laughs> that the yeah. world is has no idea how like okay so I see now next I just want to do like you know an online program to have passive income I'm like can I please explain to you what goes into this <laughs> like here's the back end here's the mid end and then here's how you have to continue manage no but there was this girl it's always a girl on Instagram but there's this girl on Instagram on the beach with her laptop yeah and who recorded that video who posted that video who thought of doing that <laughs> she's still working you know, you know, it's interesting. Yes, that and in the transformational space, a few years back, I was, I was listening into a conversation. It was kind of like we were part of a mastermind and they were talking about the fact that there was a number of these workshop leaders that had built these types of businesses with all of the courses and the da, 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 all that stuff. And they were all around like somewhere between two to $5 million when they compared their their P&Ls, okay, they were almost identical. And what people don't realize is they say, well, I have a business that's 2 million or I have a business that's 5 million. 
how much does it take for you to operate, which yes. you're, you're talking about, how much does it take to yes. operate that like, business? This is my thing. There are people and bigger is not always be, better. Right. I, I was speaking to someone who worked for a giant in this, in the online program. I've been hovering. My main thing is service-based businesses. And so I already like three, four years ago started in the online program space myself, the number of clients and some of the clients and colleagues are million dollar a month plus. Um, And one of the guys we're working with had worked for a business that's like 20 million. (laughs) They're massive. And he said, they're in the red. He said, because every dollar that comes in, they spend one and a half on Facebook ads. Like this name is so ubiquitous in the market yeah, because they spend as much as they earn to make sure you know who they are. And so there's this mess and this revenue annoys me, right? You always like the Forbes article, they sat in a, in a coffee shop and designed this eight figure business on the back of a napkin. And now it's like she takes home $30,000. It's like, honey, I take home so much more than you. And my business is just it's not exactly eight figures, <laughs> like, but I take home a lot more than you do. Well, and you think about, so that, so that business that we had, okay, with, and, and the numbers, the volume, the thousands of people and all of that, you know, and that was back in the nineties. So if you multiply that and see what that's like today, I kind of estimated somewhere 30, $40 million, but even back then we had the people on our team already, not a future based, but people on our team that were completely capable of hitting a certain, certain levels. And they were all shooting for it. We had about 20, 20, 30 of them. Okay. They were all running for it and completely like, these are smart dudes because, and couples, because my parents attracted business-minded people. And so that business was, was on a vertical growth pattern to hit a hundred million back then easy. Okay. But the, so, but the benefit, and so, yeah, that business fell apart. I look at it and I go, okay, so what did I get all? So what I learned out of that was so much, even I wouldn't say it's more valuable than the business itself, but it was so much more valuable because to your point, I see things very different than, you know, I'm, I'm impressed or I am, should say, I respect success. I respect somebody who's built a a hundred million dollar company or a billion dollar company or a $10 million or a $2 million. I respect success, but I don't idolize it because I know on the behind the scenes, what's going on. I've also seen people that have made fortunes and lost them. And so we're all human. And so I can speak to, and, you know, I have a podcast and so I have guests on my show that have been very, very successful and I can speak to them from one person to another and have these conversations with respect, but I don't idolize. I'm not intimidated and I have no illusions. Like it takes work to build something of success. It takes, and not just it's the work, but so often I see, and I remember saying to my mom one time, I mean, cause I've been in a lot of seminars, a lot of live events. Okay. Over the years, I spent my life there. And so I calculated one time years back and I said, I've, I've seen over 7,000 live speakers in my lifetime. Wait, how did you end up at that many live events? We were at, we were at major conferences once a month. Every week we had our local workshops. Uh, we would do leadership events when we would be at live events. Some of them were one day, some of them were two days, some of them were three day events. And we would hear all these speakers. So I just ran, I just for the heck of it one day, I was, I just, 
I just rate, I just ran the numbers and said, how many, and that's not, that's not CDs. That's not tapes, right? Podcasts. I'm not talking about those live presentations. I'm talking about people, different speakers. I, Cause I averaged how many speakers we would have at a three day or two day or one day, like how many. Right. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's a lot of people. So no wonder when I sit there and I used to sit there with my mom and, I, and I'd be listening to different people and I'm going, there's a part of me that just wishes I was ignorant again. And then I could just listen to what they're, what they are saying. Cause what I'm hearing is so much more. Yeah. All of what's going on. I hear their mindset. I hear their little voice talking. I hear the, I hear when they flick the switch and do the, do the show. I can, because I've just heard it so many and I've analyzed it. And so I'm a thinker. And so I'm processing all this. So it was such a blessing to me to learn all of this and unpack it. And my mom said one time, a number of years ago, she said, you know, you got so much more out of this experience than we did because you just extracted, like I sucked all of the learning and understanding out of it and then applied it to, you know, my training and coaching business ultimately was started off as training and then ended up in coaching and and so forth and what I do now. But it is um, to your point, there's a lot of people and it's important that, that, that we were talking about this for your, for your listeners is that they realize that even though they see that person and it's all polished and we know that we say, oh yeah, it's all the, the highlight reel, but realize that that person, yeah, probably doesn't take home as much as you think they take home because Definitely of all the costs. take home what you think the, they take the, home. The, probably. Yeah. And the time they put in it, that it, it, it takes time. All the guys, the Lamborghinis, like their rentals, they rent them for one day and then they take pictures. Like those are photo shoots. <laughs> And even, and you know what, there are few in between that actually have figured out a model of leverage. And one of my filters for, for things is, is this filter of leverage of duplication, because obviously that's what I'm used to, right? Everything you do, I look at, I look at in business and even you're building culture. If there's somebody building, they got a small team or bigger team that, you know, big team, you build it, you establish culture, there's integrity, talk, there's talk certain to me about culture. What does that mean? Principles. I think that's a big buzzword. Yeah, it is. To me, it is the way you do things, right? It's like yeah. the environment, right? And there's a certain way that you're just, that you, that you operate. And so um, with all of, with all of that, where was I going with that? Um, hmm, I lost. Lovers for duplication. Duplication. Thank you. So everything, everything that you do, I look at in my mind, I think everything that you do, imagine it being duplicated. If you have people on your team, 10, 10 times, a hundred times, a thousand times, we had thousands of people on our team. So I had to think through every decision that we made. If this gets duplicated a thousand, 10,000 times, would I be happy with the outcome? And so it's just a different way of looking at things. And to your point earlier about principles and methods and principles never change, methods do. And so where where social media is a thing and that's a method, that's a method of communication, but the principles of relationships don't change and they have not changed. Um, Even the way that understanding how different 
age, you know, the, the millennials, how they operate and so forth. There's certain principles of relationships that don't change. So what are the relationship principles that don't change? Well, when you look at, when you look at um, empathy, when you look at understanding, one of the principles that I talk about is, you know, seeking to understand, right? right? Covey rather, habit rather two. than what's that? Stephen Covey habit number two, seek first to understand and then be understood. I have that That's book. Right. It's my first self help. Like that was my introduction to personal development. When I was 17, I read the seven habits of highly effective teens. And I was just like, there's a science to personal development. Like it's like, yes. So I know that book it's like in my bloodstream. It's like a permanent part of my being. <laughs> That book actually interesting that the one for teens, I used that book. I had a, I had a gentleman that I had cold called at one point. He was at a huge company and was the director of communications and whatever, blah, blah, training. And, um, and I, I, had, I had pitched him actually, it wasn't even a call. I think it was an email. And then he basically said like, go pant go pound sand, right? <laughs> go away. And I said to him something and I said, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying, which is another principle is the, the handling objections, right? Is acknowledge and ask a question and acknowledge what's going on for them. And then just, and ask a clarifying question. So I said, I understand. Cause he was like, basically go away. I've, you know, training, I know all the training techniques and all that, blah, 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 whatever. And I said, I appreciate that. Or there were all these tr other trainers out there. And I said, I appreciate, you know, saying that would, it, would, would you be open if I, I can't remember exactly. It was very eloquent, but I basically said one line, like, would you be open to hearing how it, what I'm talking about is different? And he said, okay, well, if you come to my, and that was back in the day where you actually met people in person. Right. And so he's like, well, if you come on this day at this time, you have 15 minutes. And I went, all right. So I get there and he brings me into the boardroom. His son is there for a bring your child to work day. Mm -hmm. And his, he said, you mind if my son Scott's here? And I was like, yeah, no problem. Sure. Right. So we start, first of all, he says, let me tell you about me. Let me tell you how awesome I am, you know? And so he goes, I was about 45 minutes, right? So here I only have 15 minutes, but I'm listening and I'm just, and I'm enjoying it. He's a neat guy. He's successful. He's accomplished, you know, and he's just telling me all this stuff. And then we started talking about personality dynamics because one of the principles and things that I teach is, is the, and as a, as a tool is the disc model of human behavior to understand how you understand yourself and others better. So you can build better relationships and more effective teams. And so that's what I was talking to him about or wanted to talk to me about. And so anyway, I mentioned, I said, you know, because Scott was, his son was there. I mentioned about sometimes with kids as it happens. So I brought him into the conversation and say, you know, sometimes what happens is that you don't understand the personality. And then at school they're having trouble and they don't know why they're, they're saying they have ADD or they're saying they need Ritalin, but it's really because they're high, you know, high energy and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh my gosh. That's exactly what just happened. Like we just did that assessment with him and it was, and it, it opened the door and he was like, I, now I want to talk to you about <laughs> what it is you're doing. Well, anyway, long story short, a number of months later, he actually reached out to me again. And he said, um, Scott's having trouble with his social interactions and shy and so forth. And he was a, you know, this guy had brought he'd done events where he would bring Tony Robbins in to speak. And so like, you know, but he knows he can't coach his son. Okay. 
And his son was 16 years old. And he said, would you coach him? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I could, I don't usually work with, with youth or whatever teens, but I could. And I was like, what would I, what would I use as a tool? And it was that book. That's it's the book fantastic that I book, And I recommend it to a lot of adults because the adult book is a, more boring and doesn't have any pictures, Yeah, you know? And so for anyone who has trouble getting into self-help or, you know, paying attention to like long-winded stuff, the principles are in there and yeah. there's pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we walked, we walked through it initially with him. Uh, I felt like he was, he had to agree that the key is he had to, and this is a principle of like, even for talking about coaches, you know, that are listening, the person has to be willing to be coached. Yeah. Right. And so I, I said, Scott, you know, we talked and he said, yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to do this. And it's all right. And then the first session I could like, we're halfway through and I went, all right, it's just to this side. Okay. Don't humor me. All right. Right. Like this is not going to work for you. It's going to be a waste of our time and a waste of your parents' money. And so it got his attention. He was so into the book and we just walked through the book chapter by chapter and, and it was powerful. And he is amazing, doing amazing now. He, you know, the confidence, the clarity of, of purpose and why he's here. And he found the thing he loved to do. It's, it's amazing. So yeah, highly recommended, but anyway, uh, another little we, tangent we went we could, on, but we there's so much there in this direction. I want to know a current business struggle. doesn't have to be long because we don't have that much time left but kind of where you're at now. And I know before we started, you were like, well, you know, I don't know if I have one right now. We're just kind of in flow. Like things are good. Yeah. I think the challenge is a challenge, right? Not a struggle, a challenge. Yeah. If there is a challenge and challenges are opportunities, uh, essentially, is that what I'm doing right now is I'm looking for more leaders that are, that are at the highest levels that are looking to, you know, they know what they're doing, right? They know how to do what they do. They're experts in that, but they want to work on the inner game. And specifically when we talk about relationships, I find a lot of leaders because what got, they, what got them there is this drive, you know, is, is the high performance doing, making it happen, rallying people and so forth. But there's a point where I find that leaders get to where it's like their ceiling of complexity. Like I can't push harder to get to the next level. I need to do things differently. And so my challenge has been, you know, I, yes, I have many of them on my podcast, but my challenge, if anything, is actually getting connected to them and having them see that the way that they're going about it, what got them to where they are, won't get them to the next level. What gets you from A to B doesn't get you from B to C. It's one of my favorite lines. Yeah. And so it's almost every show somewhere. Yeah. And so it's a challenge, right. To get them to see that, wow, there's a, it's the inner game. When you get to that level, it's like with Olympic athletes, you know, it's not about, they're so much better at it at that point. It's such like, that's what Tony Robbins says. It's a second difference. Yes. It's, it's like, yes. you know, there's a big jump from like bad to average. And then there's a big jump from like average to good, you know, and there's an, even a jump like from good. I don't remember his exact teaching. This is like in my head, like even good to really good. Like there's a jump, but from like really good to excellent or from excellent to outstanding, it's just two millimeters. It's the tiny little things then that set you apart. There's not a big jump. There's no big yeah. different thing. It's that 
that little switch I actually saved. I have a, a chat um, where I, I like, I have WhatsApp groups with myself where I put things that I want to store. And I have one that I put like inspirational stuff and I screenshotted, it was a while ago, so I'm looking for it. It was basically a text from an Olympic athlete who had won the medal and she had written that like, basically like she'd been visualizing it um, uh, the whole time. And like, she, it was like, she'd been visualizing, like she knew she was gonna win it. And I can't find it now at all. I'm like looking at my phone as we're talking, no idea where this thing is now. Um, but it was so profound. It was like, that's the inner game. The inner game is, is all of those pieces that give you those two millimeters. It's the seconds shaved off. It's that internal switch that changes it. And it's the subtle change, but just like an airplane, when you're flying, the one degree difference will take you to a completely different country. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And I find, especially right now, over the last 18 to two years, um, 18 months to two years with COVID and everything, you're seeing people triggered, you're seeing things change faster. And as things are shifting faster, it's requiring people to be, to take it to another level of that inner game. And one of the things that I notice is that a lot of leaders, this is where the, the integrity piece comes in. You know, if they're out of integrity, if they're, if they've been one degree off now it's noticeable. Right. Um, and, and the people, world is becoming way less tolerant. It, it's fascinating. Yes. Talking about this before the world is way less tolerant for lack of integrity as it becomes much lower integrity overall. It's like, yeah. everyone's talking about like fake news, fake news, but I actually think it's not the era of fake news. It's the era of debunking fake news. I That's don't follow right. media. I don't follow almost anything right now. I don't watch the news. I'm just, I live in my own bubble and I like it here. I've, I'm good. You know, when a major thing happens, someone lets me know. If there's That's an earthquake, right. I'll feel it. If yeah. there's like a big war, someone will tell me like, it's okay. Yeah. If it's um, bad enough, somebody will tell you, you'll, you'll hear about me. it. So I'll notice, you know, a meme will get on one of my WhatsApp groups. Like I'll notice it. Um, so I was speaking to someone and they're like, oh yeah, go Brandon. And I'm like, I feel like that's a, I don't know what this is. I feel like you made a reference to something and just, you know, yeah. and it's just within weeks of this show that there's this whole thing of, there was like this MSNBC recording. I'm sure you know what this is. Cause like the whole world knows what this is. I didn't. And when they yeah. explained it to me, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. Cause to me, that's the era. The era is the debunking of fake yeah. news. It's the unmasking of yeah. lack of integrity, um, right. which is pervasive, but we're having no tolerance for it anymore. Which is good. Which means that when we, so, so my sense is that, and, and it was when this whole thing started to really unfold, I was like, you know what, we're going to go to a better place. Like we're going to shift in a good way. Mm. It's just going to be a little messy in between. Always. That's where we're right now. We're in the mess because wars. that's a, again, a principle, right? There's a principle is there's a, there's a little bit of mess in between. If I have a ship and I'm, and I've been going full steam ahead in the water and the waves, you know, are like, of course I'm cutting through the water and I'm going fast and I change direction. There's going to be a little bit of messiness. Those waves are going to be interrupted. The ripple effect is going to be there. And so recognizing it's just a principle when you're moving to another level, if you're going up to the jet steam, you mentioned about, you know, planes, you're going up to the, 
the jet stream there and taking off, there is turbulence along the way. And right now we're in the turbulence and, and coming back to your idea of culture and even more. So it's the context that we have here is really, really important. And right now, one of my biggest concerns is that the amount about the amount of fear that has been put into this context, into the environment that that part, it's so it's like, I, my intention is shifting it, putting in love and not mushy love. Love is very powerful. Putting that love abundance, putting that energy in on it very intentionally. It's like light casts out darkness. And so putting that in there to change it, because if, if you have, if you, all you have is fear, when you, when you pass through the threshold, it's something called, you can Google this perturbation. Okay. Perturbation. Perturb, right. Perturb. Perturb. Perturbation. Okay. When you pass through a threshold and you go to the other side, this environment and what's in this environment will determine what's on the other side. So for example, if um, something's, and it's based on Ilya Prigogine's second law of thermodynamics where things, you know, go to more and more disorder, blah, 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 you know, anyway, so, and, and the law of thermodynamics actually is that, you know, is, 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 um, so what happens is you have this environment real quick because I'm kind of half in it and it's probably very better to no, explain it. Now I'm, I'm so confused under pressure, end, but I want to know what this is. Yeah. yeah. Under pressure. Yeah. Okay. When we get ourselves, we find ourselves under pressure. What happens that pressure starts to build. Okay. And when you're in, in nature, it builds through heat. Okay. But through individuals, human beings, where does that pressure build? It's through like emotion, right? So it needs, it's like you either, you got to release the pressure valve, right? But there's a point where when you put yourself under that pressure long enough, you bust through a threshold to the other side and become a much more complex um, uh, structure. So coal becomes a diamond, you know, all of that, that principle, right? Just an old chunk of coal be a diamond one day. It's that kind of, it's that thing. But so what happens on the side, if that environment is toxic, when you bust through, it becomes toxic. Look at psychopaths, right? They get, they're under pressure, they're upset, they're maybe be rejected and so forth. And they, it builds, the upset builds, builds, or the, the tension, it builds, 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 builds. And when they bust through, they go take a gun and they walk into a school and shoot up a whole bunch of people. But where do right? we have that in nature where pressure turns something sour? We don't. Interesting. Well, it depends if there's toxic environment, if like, if obviously if we've put something in there, of course, that's a human, right. Thing right. Where I'm just thinking like in. coal becomes diamonds and whatever all the muck is that becomes oil. Like, like all of our, like the, the natural resources under intense pressure all come out, like you said, better, more complex structures. That's right. So where is the example for what we have as humans this is how my brain starts to work. Right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm always, I'm a pattern finder. I'm like, where's the pattern for a human to go under that level of pressure and not come out better. Right. Except unless we place, put fear into it. One thing, nature is abundant. Nature doesn't have that. Nature doesn't become afraid, right? They just, it just knows it's like, even, even animals recognize that like there is a cycle of of life. Right. But with human beings, we have this, this, this other thing, which is this fear and this, this, this 
the ego and all of that, which can now muddle up this environment, right? And create a toxic environment for it. So that when we, if we don't have healthy ways to, um, to either release the pressure and, or, and, and move to be able to continue to hold, hold, right. It's like, I've been in, and we didn't even get to that part, but about adversity, you know, being in extreme adversity, I, we talked about the business, but there are other areas of my life been under extreme adversity. And it's like, one of my mentors would say to me, you know, stay with it, stay with it. That was his, his, you know, one of his sayings was stay with it. When you stay with it and you hold and you have a healthy, safe environment, right. Where you find people around you that can support you and you can stay in it rather than trying to run away from it, you stay in it. And this is a principle for entrepreneurs. Sometimes it does get difficult. You stay in it. You okay. find coaches. always at some point. It, it, There's no exactly. successful person. I know that didn't go through challenges. None. None. And then you get the, yeah. And then you get to that point where it's like you bust through and you have this aha, you have this breakthrough and always is like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And I you're much a, a stronger. On my wall. I have to see which, where it is. Oh, I, I have a sticky wall of quotes and it's, I can't always find the one that I want. Um, at the right moment, but it's something along the lines of, you know, don't give up. It's always at that last moment that things are about to turn around. And it's like Harriet Beecher Stowe or someone like, like a, like a classic yes. figure who dealt with adversity and, and made a huge impact yes. on the world. Um, and it's, I don't might be on the other wall. It's the principle of things fall apart to fall together. Sometimes, you know, yeah. it's like the, the very moment where you think everything is falling apart if you've done the right things, Absolutely. if you're standing in integrity, you. if you're standing in love and, and you're st in standing in peace and you hold, when you pass through, you're going to have, you're going to be better on the other side. And that has been my life journey is this constantly, whether I wanted it or not being pushed up against this threshold and saying, what are you going to do with that? You're going to run away. You're going to hide. You're going to go bitter. Or are you going to get better? And it's this. And, I think and that's such a good line. Are you going to go bitter? Or are you going to get better? I feel like yeah. that's a. I'm very into quotes, which takes me, yes, to the end, um, uh, which is where can people find you? Well, you can find me on leadersoftransformation.com is my website, and then of course I'm all over social. Got it. Um, and really the quote reminded me of the end because at the end, I like to surprise my guests and ask them for a quote. Does not have to be your favorite one of all time, but it can be. Um, it could just be something that, that strikes you, but I love, quotes. Well, we just, we just made a quote out of something you said, <laughs> so you can lean on that if you want. We can use that one. There's another one that I just shared with a client just before our conversation here, which I'll share again. It talks about integrity. People of integrity expect to be believed. And when they're not, not, they let time, they let time prove them right. I was, when you were talking, I was thinking about that quote. I got it from one of my very early podcast guests. Um, and I just shared this with someone this week, um, a, a guy who is, I'm just going to like, I'm always very careful. My examples are always real, but I'm very careful to protect the, the privacy mm -hmm. and, and dignity. Um, so a guy who is, let's say a coach, right? <laughs> this could be half the world, right? A guy who's a coach. Um, and, you know, as he's starting to build his business and he's getting more out there online, 
people are noticing him and people from his past are coming out of the woodwork, right? Let's say he was like a corporate executive who wasn't always super nice to his staff, maybe had yeah. some like, you know, sexual harassment charges against him in his corporate days. And now he's coming out as like, you know, a leadership trainer or whatever. And, uh, and, you know, in the Facebook groups, they're like, you know, I heard this thing about one of your, you know, secretaries, whatever. And he's in like tailspin. He's like in total freak out, right? Because he's left his previous career. He's trying to go into this new career and he wants to be big and he wants to make a difference. And he has, he's having impact, really positive impact on his clients. And he's done so much personal work in development. He's not the same person who had those faux pas or whatever it is that he did, which he feels bad for. And he's like, you know, didn't think that they were so problematic then in the world, such a different place. And he's like, Every, everyone's getting canceled. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be canceled. I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> like they're going to come after me. And like, you know, between me too and the cancel movement. And like, I feel like every guy, you know, we just, oh, this is part of my rants. It makes me mad. Like we just turned the thing around, right? We haven't improved. Like, no 100%. one should have to be afraid. We don't want the women to be afraid. We don't need the men to be afraid of the women. That's not winning. Okay. No. I'm sorry. This is not winning, turning it around, making different humans afraid. Everyone deserves to be safe. That's and, right. and I'm speaking as a thriver myself. So, um, so I was sitting with him and that was one of the lines I gave him. I was like, people with integrity expect to be believed. And if not, they let time prove them right. Like you, you just go out there, you go out there, this stuff will come up. You're going to delete it and you're going to ignore it right? You've dealt, and he dealt with his past. He dealt with all the people and all the rumor mongers. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's still some out there, I'll, I will say this is one of the things he could do is what did Eminem do uh, in the movie eight mile? There's a, there's a, there's a classic moment at the end of the movie and they're doing these um, you know, these, these rap fights or whatever they, the competitions yeah. and he comes out and he's going to rap against this guy and um and and he gets to go first and this guy he knows like they're gonna slam and they're gonna tell him all these things about his mother and his this and his upbringing and whatever and he did his whole rap about that and said i've been this da, 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 da. and then he says now tell them something they don't already know about me nice Boom. like if you bring it out part of integrity i love what one of my friends said who says who he describes it as integrity is nothing in the shadows, nothing in the dark, everything in the light, whole and complete. When you, when that guy that you're talking about, when he starts using those things that he's been trying to hide as lessons to, and being honest about it and saying, I, there's a situation that happened. I screwed up and this is what I did about it. And this is where I am now. People will respect him even more if he feels the need to do that. Of course, it depends on, you know, there's, totally. that's the kind of stuff that when I talk about leaders, they get to the, you know, they get yeah. stuck. There's a, there's things like that, that they need to clear up. And sometimes what they'll do is they try to hide it, try to stuff it, like hope that it goes away. But you know what, if something is showing up, it's an opportunity. You might want to think about it first, of course, don't just randomly put it out there, but think about it and, and frame it and saying, Hey, this is something that I, I actually want to be honest. Like I actually did this, you right. know what? And I, and I, and it, this is what it, what it did for me. And I had to, I had to repent of it. I had to, I had to, I had to heal from that. I had to ask forgiveness of that. And I did that. And here's, it made me a better person because then people will realize, wow, you're really real. Mm-hmm. And to your point about sharing challenges is yeah, it's nice to share success stories, but so what? What does that do for me? I might learn from those things, but what do I do when I'm in the the gutter? What do I do when I've made them, when I've screwed up big time? And that little voice inside says, 
but yeah, that's nice for you, but you don't understand what I've been through. You don't know what, you don't know what I've done. Right. So it's very important to do that. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. This has been super fun. We didn't go, we went like, we went very like deep on your story, but I feel like your story was your advice. Like usually it's to pick your brain, like for advice, but I feel like your story kind of, and I'm fascinated right now by MLM. So that was fun journey for me. Um, And for anybody listening, if you are considering MLM where you have friends in it, or it's something you're thinking of, I think this episode is just a really excellent education on the pros and the cons and the pitfalls and what's great about it and what to be careful of and all of that. So thank you. Yeah. And guys, share the episode because we share the love and subscribe if you haven't yet. Like if you're hearing this, you're not subscribed. I don't know why. And more great stuff coming next week. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?